This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. And a good Erev Shabbos. And a good Erev Yontif. Wonderful to be back with you after quite a long break. And especially as today is the last Erev Shabbos before the last Shabbos of the year. And we're getting ready. And the question is, what should we be doing in these final days, hours, minutes, in the lead-up to Rosh Hashanah? We know that Rosh Hashanah has the name Yom Hadin, the Day of Judgment, and we're all aware, we all know, that Hashem sits on the throne of judgment, as it were, and reviews each one of us, but he also reviews something else. He reviews all of creation. He reviews the concept of being king over this world, a limited, finite, created world. And so there are two things that we do, that we need to do, that we need to be aware of, as we approach Rosh Hashanah. The first thing is to think about what are our needs and do we deserve and how to create more what we call schusim, merits, in order that we deserve or order that we, in order that we get what we will be asking for. And the more important perhaps or equally important is how can we make Hashem want to continue ruling over creation? So it all started years ago, where Hashem desired a dwelling place in this nether world. Our sages ask, why did God create the world? And the Medrash in Tanchuma says, Nis'ave loi hakodesh baruch hu dira that God desired to dwell amongst created beings in a created world, in a limited world. And that at Sinai, he made us his partners in this endeavor, in this dream, in this passionate desire that he wants to dwell amongst us. And it's quite a project a project from his side in having created this type of world and these type of creatures and us with our limitations, with our abilities. And it's a project that's been going on in practicality for 5,779 years and two and a half thousand years later at Sinai, the deal was made, the partnership with us, that we would run with living in the world, but elevating every activity, every interaction, every encounter, everything in the world and ourselves to a level of holiness, that we would become aware that there is a creator to this world that we would strive, despite the darkness, despite the concealment, 
despite the seeming nature of the world, to defy the nature of the world, to see beyond, to see that there is a creator who's constantly bringing the world into being, and that every moment, everything is directed by that creator. So why did he need us? Because there cannot be a king without a nation. There cannot be a nation without a leader. And the partnership was made. God desired to dwell amongst us. He is our king. And we are the ones who are entrusted. It's a huge gift. It's a huge responsibility to try and live every day, every encounter with things physical, with people, with the world in a way where we put on these special glasses, as it were, and we don't just see what seems to be the reality, but we see beyond. We see the hand of the Creator. We see the Word of God bringing things into being. And even if we don't see, in our mind's eye, we hold on to these wonderful teachings. We study the Torah. We are redirected, and we constantly encounter the food that we eat, the homes that we build and decorate, the jobs that we do, the children that we have and how we raise them. We constantly look for the hand of God. We constantly have a God awareness and a God sense of what should I be doing with this object, with this encounter, with this event. These are the last days before Rosh Hashanah. We're told that during Rosh Hashanah, the king is in the field. The king is still in the field. We'll talk more about that after this. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. It's Mashi Lipsker here. This is Chai FM. And we have a message for you. Here's a community announcement from Prudential Investment Managers for you. A strong community is one of life's greatest assets. When considering your financial assets, always look for a manager who can deliver consistently. As you and your family enter the new year, all of us at Prudential Investment Managers wish you good health, financial security, and peace of mind. Contact Prudential Investment Managers via our website, www.prudential.co.za. Consistency is the only currency that matters. Amashi Lipsker, it's the last Friday of the year. Normally on this Shabbos, we would be blessing the new month, the month that is about to start. But this particular month, the month of Tishrei, the first month of the year, is not blessed by us. It is blessed by the Almighty Himself. And we are told that thereby, through Him blessing this month, the month of Tishrei, 
on the last Shabbos in the month of Elul, we are empowered to bless the month for the 11 months that follow. We will be empowered to bless every new month that follows in this new year. So it's the last days of Melech Basodeh. The king is in the field. What does it mean the king is in the field? We're told that once a year the king leaves his palace and goes out amongst the people. And it's an opportune time for anyone who wants to, to approach him. And that the king receives each one with a smiling countenance and grants them their request. What do we need to do to access Hashem at this time? We need to step up to the king. We need to make a small shift. We, the king comes to us, but then we need to turn to him. We need to voice our request. We need to acknowledge that he's there. And no request is too small. No request is too unimportant. If it's important to us and we're sincere, Hashem accepts and gives. Please, God, in a full, godly, infinite measure. So before the king goes to sit in his palace, and there it's not so easy to gain access. There you need an appointment. There are many guards at the palace gate and at every doorway. This is the time to try and increase our merits, our schusim. And the question is, how? So when it's in the realm of, I'm asking Hashem for a good year for myself, obviously, we need to do something to elicit that sort of response. What can we do that impresses Hashem? Of course, it's all been set out for us. There's something called teshuva, coming back to who we really are. Tefillah, prayer, tzedakah, giving to others, Torah, increasing in the study of Torah so we know what we're doing. Yes, 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 yes. We should be doing all of those things. We are saying extra psalms, extra tehillim. We are giving extra tzedakah. We are trying to study more Torah, gain the inspiration, the knowledge, the guidance. But what is this teshuva? Teshuva really means coming back to who you really are. And the question is, who are we? And the answer is that before God created the world, there was nothing. And from Hashem, everything was created. So we are actually a part of Hashem. Everything is from Hashem. Everything is a part of Hashem. And what pleases Hashem is if we are kind. Kind to ourselves, kind to others. What does it mean to be kind to yourself? Well, the truth is that the Torah sets out very clearly how a person needs to lead a balanced life. A human being is not just a body. He's a body housing a soul, 
a heart, a mind. And all of those components need to be nurtured in a Torah way. We need to take care of our bodies. They are a gift from God. And we need to take care of them knowing that they require a certain type of care. And when we give the body the right care, we are listening to the word of God. It's a mitzvah. One of the mitzvahs is to look after your health. And of course, there's a mitzvah of kashrut to feed this body with the right fuel, with the right type of input, the body blossoms. The body, a Jew, needs kosher food, the right amount of sleep. If God forbid someone gets ill, the Torah wants him to go to a doctor. We need to live in this world that God created according to his specifications, but not do it for selfish reasons. Do it for godly reasons. And those reasons are found in the Torah. And of course, we are bidden to appoint for ourselves a Torah mentor or teacher to guide us at all of the crossroads, at all of the decisions that we might find challenging in life. Be kind to your neshama. Be kind to your soul. Your soul wants mitzvahs. Your soul blossoms. Those are the minerals, the vitamins. That's what the soul needs. And when a soul is fed with mitzvahs, there is peace of mind. There is peace of heart. A Torah way of life is the right diet, as it were, for the soul, because the soul did not want to come down here into this world. It came down on a mission, and the mission is to make this world a dwelling place for God. And when a Jew lives according to Torah, the soul does not feel so far from its home, from its source. It feels united with its source, because in the Torah and in the mitzvahs, God can be found. And in these last days before Rosh Hashanah, there is a beautiful thought that I want to share with you. We're told that one of the holy Rebbes said the following. He said that in the very last days before Rosh Hashanah, thousands of angels wait for a person to say a good thing, good words about another. Think about it. And from all the words, they create crowns for Hashem himself. And those crowns, as it were, um, elicit a good and sweet year. Think about it. Is there something we can do? Yes. Tell somebody something good about someone else. You know, certain relationships are strained. By nature, there's a kind of stress. Tell a husband something good about his wife. Tell a wife something good about her husband. You've done a huge, huge act of kindness. Tell a parent 
something good about their child. Tell a child something good about their parent. Huge, huge act of goodness. Tell siblings something good about one another. In the close relationships, it is very important that we do our part. And of course, you know that some of us are difficult. We find fault. We're not happy. And it's so important that we watch ourselves, especially in these days, from being critical. We don't really know what somebody else is going through. We don't really know, and we tend to judge. And what's really important is to remember that Hashem works mida keneged mida. In other words, the face we show heaven, heaven shows us back. So in addition to being very careful, try and find something good to say about another person. Not simple. Think about the following story. There was a beautiful little boy, and he was holding two apples, one in each hand. His mother came in, and with a soft voice, and with a smile, she asked her little boy, My darling, could you give mommy one of the two apples? The boy looked up at his mom for a few seconds, and then he suddenly took a quick bite of the one apple, and then quickly took a bite of the other apple. And his mother really tried to hide her disappointment. She really felt so bad. But then, the little boy handed one of the bitten apples to his mother, saying, Mommy, here you are. This one is the sweeter one. Hmm. What a story. What could the mother have been thinking? What a story. What a lesson for us. Many of us have a lot of experience with people. Many of us have lived a long time, thank God. We've had a chance to study things and know things. But at this time of the year, and for the rest of the year, let's remember, no matter who we are, no matter how experienced we are, no matter how much we think we know, Always delay judgment. Wait. Wait. Give the other a chance. Give the other the opportunity. Give the other the right and the privilege to explain themselves. What we see may not be the reality. We mustn't conclude for others we are in this world to do, to give. We are not here to judge. In fact, there's a simultaneous world running that we don't see. And that's the world of Hashem. That's the spiritual world. That's the world that we try and get in touch with. And when Torah says, don't judge, when Torah says, be kind, 
whatever Torah tells us is to help us to develop into a more sensitive person, into someone we would be proud to be. So, yes, we are approaching the Yom Hadin, the Day of Judgment. And taking these two lessons to heart could help us tremendously. Number one, every good word we say about the other. Tell a father something good about his son. Tell a wife something good about her husband. You have no idea how the small word is like a gem, is valuable, can make all of the difference. And of course, for us, it becomes a big schus, a big merit that we have added to the joy. We have added to the delight of Hashem himself, who sees our challenges and understands our struggles. And when we contain ourselves, when we stop, we pause, we think, we consider, we treat the situation as we would like our situations to be treated, there is great light in heaven. And so the Parsha that we read this week is the Parsha of Nitzavim. It is always read before Rosh Hashanah. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, Atem Nitzavim. You are standing. And then he says, You are standing. Hayoim. Today. And that day, we're told, refers to the great day of judgment. And then Moshe says, Kulchem, all of you. When we stand, all of us together, Moshe Rabbeinu gathered the people together so they would be unified. And he gathered them from the heads of their tribes, their elders, their sheriffs, Koel Ish Israel, down to every last man. He gathered them together as one unit. He gathered them to unify them. And when he did, why did he do this? He did it in order to bring them merit. Because when we stand unified, no matter who we are, we actually receive tremendous blessings as we ask Hashem, Barcheinu avinu kulonu ke'echad, bless us, our Father, all of us as one. Because when we stand together, our small faults are not so noticed. The unity is something that protects us. In addition to that, we complete one another. First of all, when we stand together, not everybody can be the leader. Not everybody can be the water carrier. A head cannot be a leg, and a leg cannot be an eye. But a body needs all of them in order to be a healthy body. In order for it to be a healthy body, in order for it to be considered whole, every part, every person has to play his part. Let's remember, 
Rosh Hashanah is the sixth day of creation. Hashem created an astonishingly, astonishingly amazing, diverse type of world. There are so many creations down to their molecular structure. There are so many different parts of creation, people in creation, nations, the diversity. He made a world of diversity. We'll be right back after this short break. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. And I'm Mashi Lipsker. And we're talking about this diverse world that Hashem created. And He created everything we hear in Pirkei Avot, in Kenyan at the end, end. Everything God created, He only created for His honor. Whatever is there, we have an opportunity to use to bring honor to Hashem. There is nothing in this world that isn't from the Creator and isn't being created right now. Our job is to bring COVID, to bring honor to Hashem through using everything, reacting to everything, reacting to everyone with COVID, revealing the glory, the honor of God in absolutely everything. And so we stand in the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah as we will stand on Rosh Hashanah, united. We need each other. Otherwise, Hashem would not have brought the other into our world. Indeed, we have something which is actually the same as everyone else. We all have a part of Hashem in us. It's called the Pintalayid, Nekudat Hayahadut. There is something inside each one of us, a spark, a piece of divinity, a godliness, our soul, that is directly from Hashem. And that, in that we are all the same. When we encounter someone, we shouldn't encounter their externality. We should think that I am in the presence of a creation of Hashem. We must respond with kindness, with acceptance. Hashem brought that person into my space for a reason. It could be to make me grow. It reminds me of the young girl who asked the Rebbe, and I'm paraphrasing, so I'm not 100% sure, but I heard this. What could be the purpose of um, a person who is no longer functional in this world and is still alive? Because her grandmother was in that state. And the Rebbe said something like, it is to teach the children, to show the children how one cares for one's parent. That the way this girl's mother was busy looking after her mother was an important lesson for the children. There's nothing in creation that isn't done with total wisdom. Hashem is in charge, directs everything. We are small players, but we've got to play our part right. But we do have 
a pintle. We do have a spark. And every person has a spark that can never be extinguished. And when we encounter the other, if we can begin to see the spark, if we can train ourselves to remember this is a creation of the King of Kings, and he has brought this person into my space today, not at all by accident, but by divine planning, which completes the entire plan of creation, even a water drawer, even a wood chopper. Yes, we need the heads, but we also need the legs. We need the top. We need the bottom. The head cannot go where it wants to go without the leg taking it. To be whole, we need each other. And we want all the parts to be intact. We must respect the differences. We must gather and connect and know that nothing is by accident. And so that's teshuva. That's an aspect of teshuva that will bring us character refinement to see the other, to increase in kindness. And that brings us to the mitzvah of tzedakah. You know, tzedakah is the easiest and therefore sometimes the most difficult mitzvah. It's to give away your money. It's to give away your time. It's to give away your, um, to share, to share what you have, whether it's food, clothing, shelter, whatever is needed. But tzedakah at this time of the year should be beyond what we normally give. And sometimes beyond what we think we can give. Because we need to remember that the way we are judged, one of the ways is mida keneged mida. The way we behave, Hashem behaves to us. Do we want a year of plenty? Do we want to be showered with blessings, material and spiritual? Of course, we all want the Mashiach to come. How can we do our part? Let's remember that the sixth day of creation, next Monday, corresponds to the day that man, Adam, was created. And when Adam opened his eyes, there were the animals, there were the clouds, there were the trees, the beautiful blue sky, the sparkling oceans, there were the flowers and the fruits, there was light. There were planets, there were insects, there were fish, but only man had the seichel, was able to make a discernment and choose. And he chose to proclaim God as king over the entire universe. He said this didn't come about on its own. There is an owner, a master, a director to all of this. And he led all of creation in praising Hashem. The truth is, the rocks and the plants and the animals and the planets, they praise God naturally. That's what they do. That's what they're programmed to do. They do not go against their nature. Only man has choice 
And the first man chose to praise God, and then he made other choices as well on that first day. The purpose of creation, to make a dwelling place for God in this world, and to crown him king over us for another year, is waiting for us. And therefore, these two little stories, again, can help us. And I have shared them before, but I love them. And here we go. There's a story, a simple story, of a man who was called to come and paint a boat. He arrived with his paint and his paintbrush, and he began to paint the boat, and he painted it a shiny red, which is what he was asked to do. But as he was painting, he noticed that the paint seemed to be seeping through the bottom of the boat. So he turned it over and he saw there's a leak. What did he do? He decided to mend the leak. And he mended it. He waited for it to dry. He painted over it. And then when the job was done, he went and collected money for the paint job, etc., and he went away. The next day, the owner of the boat came back to the painter and he gave him a big check. The painter looked surprised. He said, what is this for? You paid me yesterday. He said, uh-uh, I'm not painting you for the paint job. I'm not paying you for the paint job. I'm paying you for mending the leak in the boat. Ah, said the painter, that was a small thing. I didn't even want to charge you for it. I mean, surely you're not giving me this huge check for doing such a little thing. And the owner of the boat said, my dear friend, you don't understand. Let me tell you what happened. I forgot when I asked you to paint the boat, I forgot to ask you to repair the hole. The children came. They saw the boat. They felt the paint. They saw it was dry. And they took the boat and they went fishing. I wasn't at home. Can you imagine when I came home and found out that they had taken the boat out? I was frantic. I was desperate. I remembered the boat had a leak. I was gripped by fear. Imagine how relieved I was, how happy I was when I saw them coming back safe and sound. So of course, I examined the boat, and I saw that you had repaired the leak. Now you see what you did? You saved the lives of my children. I don't even have enough money to pay you back for your good little deed. Okay? That's the one story. And the second story... There was a wealthy merchant who brought, brought back this wonderful candelabra from overseas for his home. It was a masterpiece, pure crystal, with precious stones. It really cost him a fortune. And in order to hang up the candelabra, he had his helpers make a hole in the ceiling. And through the hole, he, he attached a big rope 
to the candelabra, and one end of the rope was in the living room, in the lounge, and the other end of the rope was in the ceiling. He attached the rope to the candelabra and put the other end upstairs, and he had a big spoke or nail driven into the floor of the attic, and the rope was wrapped around it, secured, and then they filled in the hole. Anyway, nobody could see. The rope had been pulled all the way to the top, and it looked like the candelabras hanging from the ceiling of the living room of the lounge. Anyhow, he decided to make a big party. Everybody should come and see his beautiful candelabra. And he just was so proud of it. Every time he came home, he would look, he would sit in that room, and here goes the story. One day, a poor boy came begging for old clothes. And so the servant said, go up to the attic. There's some old clothes. Help yourself to whatever you want. He went. He found a lot of nice clothes. He put them into a neat bundle, and then he packed them into his bag, and then he looked for a piece of rope to tie up his bag. And there he sees a lot of rope. It's wound around a nail. He figures, I'll take a little piece of rope. Takes out his pocket knife, cuts himself a piece of rope. There's a huge crash, a terrible smash, far away. But the next moment, the whole family's rushing up to the attic screaming, You fool! You idiot! Look what you've done. You cut the rope. You ruined us. And this poor boy couldn't understand. He said, what do you mean I ruined you? All I did was take a small piece of rope. Surely that cannot ruin you. And the merchant said, you poor fool. Yes, all you did was take a piece of rope. But it so happened that our precious candelabra was hanging by it. And you've now broken it, smashed it beyond repair. And obviously the two stories have one moral. Very often, by doing what seems to be a small mitzvah, we don't know the wonderful thing we've done. And God forbid, doing a small injustice, a small transgression, we can cause what seems to be irreparable damage. One good deed brings another deed. We must start. We must give. It enables us to give more. It makes us able, happy, and to give more with ease. And God forbid when we start being negative, not looking with the right eye at someone else, it brings us down. Each one of them, no matter how small they seem, may create or, God forbid, destroy much more than we understand. And so as we go to Rosh Hashanah now, let's remember there is a purpose in creation. It is for us to create a dwelling place for God in this world. And how do we do that? We do it by returning to him with all our hearts, rededicating ourselves to the mission, leading a life which in the detail is careful, is measured, is considerate according to the wonderful guide that we have, the Holy Torah.
Tonight, we will light candles at 5.39. Tomorrow, Shabbos is out at 6.29. Sunday night, we will light candles at 5.40. Yes, we're going to light candles for Rosh Hashanah. And what is a candle? What is it when we light Shabbos and Yontif candles? Basically, we take a physical candle, but we put a holy fire to it. And we light something which will illuminate the entire home. The Shabbos and Yontif candles are there to bring physical and spiritual light. And when a Jewish woman and daughter light candles for Rosh Hashanah. They do so before shul. They do so before kiddush. They do so before any of the other people, the men, bring in yontif. And when we light them with great privilege, we illuminate not only the yontif, but we bring in a year of light. Every mitzvah is a candle. One has no idea how much light one brings when one does a mitzvah. But our Shabbos and Yontif candles, we can see the light. May it be a, a year of light, a year of oira and bracha, a year of tremendous blessing and light, for each and every one of us and for all of creation. Good Shabbos.